Welcome to the Art of Rewilding podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eden. This podcast aims to wake the innate wild inside of all of us through story medicine and taboo tales of birth, death, rebirth, connection, and reclamation. There is no one right way to rewild, only your way. This is our gentle revolution of the healed feminine. Welcome to this liminal space. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, glorious humans. Welcome to the Art of Rewilding podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eden. Something that has been on my mind of late has been the topic of sisterhood and witch wounds. I hope you've been following these episodes. I started with talking about the foundations around her story. I've got an episode on witch wounds and now an episode on sister wounds or sisterhood wounds. These are some very physiologically female experiences that are not discussed enough yet impact so, so much of our daily life, often unconsciously, right from early childhood and shows up in so many ways that we don't always realize. Unlike men, women pass down ancestral and epigenetic memories and traumas via the mitochondrial DNA or the red thread. And as interdependent creatures, our nervous system regulation is also programmed to rely on co-regulation with other women for a higher chance of survival, often referred to as the tend and befriend response. We've been carrying the many horrific traumas of our ancestors without realizing, but our unexplainable fears and behaviors regarding other women can in fact be understood by learning more about our sisterhood and witch wounds and our history or our her story. We're all here having a human, having a human experience. So we will, we will have and will continue to all exhibit these behaviors at some point. The idea is to become familiar with them and notice when they arise and why. We get to choose healing. Girls aren't just inherently quote unquote bitchy. Being a mean girl and clicky or catty and having a horrible high school experience with other girls it's, that's not our blueprint. In fact, our physiological needs are just the opposite. We have been conditioned over many generations to fear one another and be kept separate. So to reclaim our power, we need to come back together, just as we were always designed to be and not to feed into these ideas and programs and concepts that, you know, it is our blueprint to have these horrible girl experiences, which just keeps us separate and afraid of each other and dysregulated. These are two areas I weave into all of my programs and workshops because they're so insidious, but often overlooked. 
Yet they literally play into and often underhandedly sabotage our relationships, our connections, our self-worth, and even and especially our businesses and our ability to be of service. So I want to talk more about them and their deep ingrained connection to circle medicine and rewilding. I started by posting about sisterhood wounds on my social media and I honestly had so many messages from women talking about the resonance and often the triggers that they felt from such from from this discussion. So many people with these like visceral reactions and discomfort that came up for them just from having these conversations. Many gave their answers in the polls that I put up. Um, which I actually have highlighted in my Instagram and showed the magnitude of power that these wounds continue to play in our lives, even and perhaps especially because we don't talk about them. It's funny when I post things like this and I get an influx of messages that I don't expect and then I'm like, oh, that's right. We don't really talk about this stuff and how it makes you feel. So I was really um, impressed by people willing to talk about the discomfort that they were feeling and it reminded me that we need to share this far and wide and be talking to it more because the more we bring it out of the shadows and the more we bring light to it the less hold it has over us and the more able we are to start cracking the the shielding and the armor and start to heal um It all started in terms of me sort of thinking about this topic when I started questioning the intention behind my social media use. I wondered if others felt the same and I realised that social media is such an interesting minefield for very subtle but powerful sisterhood wounds being played out, enabled and validated. The world needs more connection and love in any form right now and these connections help us to co-regulate together especially in such uncertain and unstable times. So if we can bring light to these wounds and these these unconscious patterns and behaviours that are keeping us separate and dysregulated, um, then maybe we can start to heal and feel a little bit more regulated and stable. So some of the signs of how unhealed sisterhood wounds can look include, number one, you feel intense jealousy, discomfort, anxiety, and or anger from seeing other women, friends or not, being happy, kicking goals, achieving success, often to the point that you cannot be happy for them and cannot separate your discomfort from their joy. This can be seen as unfollowing, unfriending, and avoiding others to avoid your own discomfort. It could also be you talking about them behind their back, judging them, shaming them, just generally bring down their joy to make you feel better. Number two, you prefer not to be in the company of other women and often go out of your way to avoid it at all cost. You may also be very vocal about your dislike and distrust of women. This is often a wound and it's often a program thing and it's often because you've been exposed to um others perpetuating the wounds as well and that you just don't feel safe because of the experiences that you've had. Number three, it feels unsafe to get close to women, often for fear of being judged, excluded, shamed, bullied. You don't have close friendships for very long, your friendships tend to end abruptly and you move on to someone else. Number four, 
well, with number three, it's because you're trying to keep yourself safe and making sure that you're thinking that if you're on your own, then you can't get hurt. Number four, you enjoy gossiping about and judging other women. We're told that that's really what women love to do, isn't it? Just judging and gossiping and and bringing other women down. And you find a particular joy in seeing women, especially those who you deem to do, have or be more than you, you enjoy seeing them fail or struggle. It makes you feel better knowing that they're struggling instead of wishing them well, regardless of your own circumstances. It can feel safer to be part of a crowd that are excluding others than to be on the receiving end of judgment. Number five, you feel that you thrive in competition with other women. It makes you feel good and a perceived level of safety to think that you can beat other women and that you are deemed as better even if it means that you are lonely, isolated and or unhappy. Number six, you like to openly criticise other women at any opportunity possible. It makes you feel better about yourself to make others feel small. Tall poppy syndrome is alive and well, especially amongst women and is a big sign of unhealed sisterhood wounds. Tall poppy syndrome literally is the sisterhood wounds. It literally is the pulling down of others because we can't um, accept that two things exist and that our um, envy and potentially lack of action um, needs to bring down another person's joy, that we can't just be happy and supportive of somebody else. Number seven, you constantly compare yourself with other women. This can look either as trying to win and compete or making yourself smaller and unseen so that you are not the focus of judgment. This stems from our need to belong, such a vital innate human need to feel a sense of belonging and attempting to be like others so that we're not excluded, even if we're sacrificing our own authenticity or our own values or our own um, beliefs, you know, and sacrificing ourselves in order to just fit in. And always comparing ourselves as never good enough. And this whole idea of like never good enough and never enough comes from the programming of the patriarchy and um, capitalism that serves to profit off of our never ever feeling enough. Because if we never feel enough, we'll keep buying all the things that they're selling us to make us feel like we'll be enough. You know, never, our bodies never thin enough but then it's too thin and then it's never the skin is never clear enough or it's never you know whatever not perfection doesn't exist and therefore we will never ever be enough unless we just love ourselves and find love and connection and um belonging and purpose that comes from within because it will never come from without and you know, if we keep looking for it without, we'll never find it, but we will continue filling the pockets of those who um, keep enabling these patterns and keep profiting off these horrendous patterns and programs. So some of the ways to heal the sisterhood wounds um, include number one, and it's the same for any of the wounds. It's the same for the witch wounds. We have to acknowledge it. We have to notice it. We have to validate it and we have to feel it. 
whatever you feel around these things is valid and it's going to look different and feel different for every person depending on their experiences depending on their ancestral experiences depending on their their privilege and their um their own trauma but acknowledging it and noticing it and seeing it um means that you get to make a conscious choice when it's unconscious we're behaving um or we're being controlled by these patterns and um we're sort of letting the wounds control us rather than us not that it's an excuse it's not an excuse because we have to take radical responsibility for our own behaviors and our own healing but if we consciously want to heal them and make different choices and have more satisfaction and more self-love and more connection and more belonging which is what we are innately programmed as humans to desire and to find and to seek out um, it's our responsibility to really notice what's going on and um, that's the start of that is to really acknowledge it to not judge it or shame it but to validate that it exists um, and to feel it you've got to feel it to heal it um what you're feeling is completely valid, whether it's a visceral feeling, whether it's a feeling of wanting to disassociate, whether it's an uncomfortable feeling, whether it's a grief. There's a lot of grief that comes with this, a lot of grief. And I have a lot to say about grief. As you probably know, if you've been listening to my podcast, I have a lot to say about grief. And grief is is the initiator into transformation. It really is when we can feel grief and we can move and alchemize that grief that's where we move into healing and we transform um in so many ways so grief is likely to be present you know a grief for our ancestors a grief for either what happened to our ancestors or perhaps what our ancestors did um a grief for the earth a grief for what we've lost um yeah, what you're feeling is valid. Allow it to be. It might show up in your body somewhere. It might show up as some kind of wound or pain in your body. All of this stems from a very real cellular fear that was passed down via our ancestors. And we were programmed to fear other women many times throughout history when women were separated and forced to betray one another um, through through colonization, through, um, you know, when women were supposed to be seen and not heard, when they were, um, when women's bodies were just completely pathologized, when women's bodies, particularly marginalized women's bodies were used for medical experiments. You know, there's a lot that's happened that we've carried and that's played out in our patterns throughout history. So, Notice when these things arise. Notice when fear arises. Know when shame arises. Know when there's a there's a um a sort of a reaction to want to disconnect or separate. Lean into and know that you can choose a different path. You can consciously choose radical responsibility and you can choose different you can retrain your brain to eventually find solace in and co-regulation with other women as per our physiological innate design number two notice in your body what you are feeling when you are triggered by other women just notice it you know we're 
we're often quite quick or our old patterning is quite quick to react or to bring that person down because we're suddenly feeling uncomfortable, you know, avoid discomfort at all costs. But what if you feel it? And then what's underneath that? Is it fear? Is it shame? What's actually being activated in you? What is this feeling asking you to action? What is it that the energy is giving you to to do about it? And generally it's, well, always, as within, so without, starts from the inside. It starts with you. It doesn't start with projecting your reaction and your you're wanting to move the discomfort onto someone else. It has to start with you first. Get really honest with yourself and don't project that discomfort onto others. Self-responsibility is the key and truth is the key. Being honest with yourself about what is present um, and how you feel about discomfort as well. You know, what's your usual patterning when you feel uncomfortable, either emotionally or physically? What do you normally do? Number three, celebrate and shout out other women, especially when you feel jealous or envious or uncomfortable. And I don't mean uncomfortable because they're treating you badly. I mean uncomfortable for no reason, just because you feel not enough. Two things can be true and exist at the same time. You can celebrate and uplift others and your feelings are also valid. Raising others up raises you up too. We were told not to trust other women, but we are actually interdependent and on a physiological level, we can co-regulate to reduce stress and lower cortisol levels. I know I bang on about this all the time, but like the more I say it, maybe the more we will really embody it. We must remember that our need to connect is a physiological necessity and including our sense of belonging and our connection even though that can feel really hard and even though that can feel really safe and unsafe. But safety looks so different and feels so different for every person. So sometimes it's not even about feeling safe. It's about feeling brave to embark on something that we consciously need to move through in order to start to retrain ourselves around what safety could look like if We're in this environment with other women who we felt afraid of. Number four, connection and collaboration over competition always. Practice openly and vocally supporting those you have been told you are in competition with and therefore who you should stay away from. I don't need like this whole thing about competition. Just it's so detrimental to our health and well-being, but from a business perspective, it's so detrimental to our success. Like it really is. I mean, I know that I come from a place of serving connection and I've never bought into this idea of competition. And I know that the powers that be profit massively from drama and from women like lashing out at each other and competing, but it's so, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, from a logical level, it only makes sense from a fear, from a fear place and a shame place. Competition was created to separate women. There is no such thing as competition. It doesn't serve anyone unless it's sort of like healthy competition in the way that you're 
you know, running a race or you're an athlete. But even that, there requires a level of collaboration and compassion and support of one another. And, you know, you don't want to see sports people like angry at each other for winning you want to see them shaking hands and and that both things can exist they, their disappointment and their support can 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 both exist no one is you and that is your power there is someone for everyone there's someone for you and there's someone for the next person and I talk more about this in the witch wounds as well a lot more because I talk more about business stuff and how um you know, it's so valuable the more people doing similar things because you're all you're all going to attract different types of people who want different types of things. You can't be everything for everybody. You can't have every client. There's enough for everyone to go around, but the more people doing similar work, the easier your workload is because they raise a they they help in the marketing. They raise awareness. Scarcity cancels out abundance. It certainly does not create it. Like scarcity around clients there's not enough people there's not enough room for me um I mean it's getting better these days but I do remember when I first um started out in birth work and in business and and you still see it with new people and it does come with a level of trust and in yourself I do know when you feel when you're new um and you don't fully feel confident in what you're offering you can have that more, but that still comes from a place within. It's about you not feeling confident. It's coming from a place of you not feeling enough. You know, it always comes from that place of not feeling enough. And once you do feel enough and once you've done the work, you can see how valuable it is to um, connect and collaborate and that scarcity really does not serve anybody. Those who do similar work to you will always be the most amazing support people as you'll understand each other on a deeper level. We are always, always stronger together. Number five, own your feelings and your boundaries. Healing any wound begins with self-responsibility and knowing your truth. Then learning to speak it. Too often we project our feelings and triggers because we don't have the capacity to hold them and we blame others to keep ourselves in the victim pattern. Practice speaking your truth with compassion. Own what is yours and speak up about what is not. Boundaries, so important. And as women, that is a big part of of our wounding is not trusting our own bodies, not trusting our own ability to... um, have any rights over our bodies and over our voice and being shamed about having a voice and our boundaries are just like I see a lot of women in my clinic for kinesiology and almost all of them have um surrogacy comes up around boundaries and taking on the weight of the world and taking on other people's feelings and taking on other people's things and it really is part and really interconnected with these wounds and with this, um, with her story and with what's happened throughout the generations around how women have been perceived and how they're supposed to be seen and not heard and how they're commodified and pathologized and um, shouldn't have a voice. So the more you can practice strengthening your voice and strengthening your boundaries, the people that are going to get angry at you about 
putting boundaries in place are the people that are probably using you. And that's why they're angry because they can no longer use you. The people that respect your boundaries are going to be the ones that aren't going to mind when you really strengthen that, that boundary muscle and that, that, you know, no is a complete sentence and, um, just own your feelings, own your boundaries. And it's going to take time. It's going to take practice. Um, but when you speak up for your boundaries, you speak up for yourself, um, you are using your voice that your ancestors didn't have and you're doing it for them and they're doing, you're doing it for the future generations who, you know, need you to heal this so they've got it too. Otherwise, it's just going to continue to get passed down. And when you don't have boundaries, you're sacrificing yourself for the needs of someone else and that doesn't seem worthwhile at all. Number six, unlearn the programming. Get really familiar with the ways in which we've been conditioned to be ashamed of our womanhood, the ways we've been conditioned to fear one another and the ways in which we are upholding and enabling the patriarchy that are keeping us separate, small, quiet and never feeling enough and always isolated and stressed. Number seven, refuse to participate. This is really, this one's a really big one. It's really important. And it's that conscious radical responsibility about just choosing to bow out of and speak up about not participating in gossip, exclusion, judgment, and competition. Don't participate. Um, it's not serving you and it's not serving anyone. And I wish in some of those like reality shows where they really hone in on the women fighting and pouring wine on each other and pulling each other's hair or whatever it is and teasing them about their clothes and teasing them about their makeup or, you know, how they look or whatever it is. Oh, how refreshing would it be to see women just telling each other how great they look and not even about how they look, but you know, raising each other up. How do you feel? And what's, what's arising for you at this moment? And, you know, what's happening in your body at this moment and talking about, I don't know, inner child work or something. And, you know, we don't have to participate in gossip. We can literally just put big boundaries up around no. And that does really feed into boundaries because sometimes people participate in the gossip and exclusion because they're frightened of being at, you know, being the the victim of it. And so they participate because they think it's serving them to save them and keep them safe. But um, it's not really serving anyone. So when we practice and strengthen our boundaries and our ability to use our voice, then we can, the buck can stop with us and we can say, no, I'm not participating in that. And obviously sometimes, um, you will still participate in that because these are very old patterns and it's not going to change overnight. But it's about noticing that and acknowledging that and making amends with that. You know, if you've hurt someone in particular or you've excluded someone. Um, and just to be clear, you can speak your truth and have boundaries with compassion and without them being gossip or judgment. You don't have to be everyone's friend or a pleaser. We just have to remember the line between them. Number eight, of course, because I love this one and this one comes up in Witch Wounds as well. Sit in circle with other women. 
Brene Brown says, not enough of us know how to sit in pain with others. Worse, our discomfort shows up in ways that can hurt people and reinforce their own isolation. I have started to believe that crying with strangers in person could save the world. The power of circle medicine will heal so much more than you think. When we reconnect with others, we reconnect with ourselves and with the earth. The thing about circles, though, is that if you bring sisterhood wounds to circle, your circle will continue to uphold and enable those wounds rather than working to heal them. As per the polls I did on Instagram, the majority of women said that they had seen these wounds cause more harm than good in a circle setting. While you may have beautiful intentions to hold space for a circle, if you've not delved into your own healing journey, nor have a support network to reflect with or to notice how they may emerge in sacred spaces with others, you may actually be contributing to this cycle. This is why teaching the art of holding space for circle medicine goes far beyond giving you resources and templates and rituals and also why it took me five years to birth my facilitator training. It's deeply steeped in an ethical framework to support each facilitator to learn the art of empty presence and most importantly, this idea of nervous system capacity building. So to always be consciously supporting healing and not further enabling this wounding or re-traumatizing, which is such a big thing. Healing is a journey, not a destination, and it will take generations to unlearn the current programming. We're all human and we all react rather than respond at one point or another. But I'm genuinely and authentically passionate about space holders embodying their healing journey and to be fully self-responsible to know how to connect even when there has been an uncomfortable event. This is how we come back together and heal from the many traumas of division and fear. Sometimes it's just about being vulnerable and saying like, I actually don't know how to do this, you know, and just being heard and witnessed and seen and not doing anything, just being with what is arising. Number nine, go gently and with compassion. We're all human having a very dense earthly experience. We've all participated in upholding sisterhood wounds, but we can get better at noticing the ways we do it. And we can slowly reprogram the parts of our brain that have been told to fear others and do anything to avoid social exclusion. It's a journey that will evolve over time. Be kind to yourself and notice how you speak to and judge yourself and how this plays out in how you treat, speak to and judge others. If you're keen to learn more, I'm still, I'm sharing a few episodes on this topic, but I'd love to hear from you about how this is landing and what is arising for you. I know it might be uncomfortable, But it's about leaning into that discomfort and knowing better, therefore doing better and ultimately finding more fun, more pleasure and love and connection in this dense, dense earthly life and having others around us to have fun with because many hands make lighter work and we all just want to walk each other home, home to ourselves. I hope that was interesting and um brought something up for you and that you learned something. And, um, if you have any feedback, I would, I would love to hear what arose for you with infinite love and gratitude. I'll see you next time. 
Hey, glorious human. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Art of Rewilding podcast, I'd love it if you could leave a review and share with others who might enjoy. You can connect further with me via my Instagram, Catherine Eden underscore rewilding. And if you are a space holder or are interested in holding sacred space, such as circles, blessings, ceremonies, or rites of passage, such as menarch, birth, death and everything in between, you can check out my work at www.catherineden.com. See you next episode.